Hello, good friends. This is Dan Jones, and I have another quiet talk to share with you. Listen to the prophet Jeremiah. This is from chapter 24. After King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon exiled Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, to Babylon, along with the officials of Judah and all the craftsmen and artisans, the Lord gave me this vision. I saw two baskets of figs placed in front of the Lord's temple in Jerusalem. One basket was filled with fresh, ripe figs, while the other was filled with bad figs that were too rotten to eat. Then the Lord said to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? I replied, Figs, some very good and some very bad, too rotten to eat. Then the Lord gave me this message. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The good figs represent the exiles I sent from Judah to the land of the Babylonians. I will watch over and care for them, and I will bring them back here again. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them hearts that recognize me as the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me wholeheartedly. But the bad figs, the Lord said, represent King Zedekiah of Judah, his officials, all the people left in Jerusalem, and those who live in Egypt. I will treat them like bad figs, too rotten to eat. I will make them an object of horror and a symbol of evil to every nation on earth. They will be disgraced and mocked, taunted and cursed wherever I scatter them. And I will send war, famine, and disease until they have vanished from the land of Israel, which I gave to them and their ancestors. Jeremiah prophesied in the last days of the kingdom of Judah. He lived to see the fall of Jerusalem to Babylonian invaders. He had long prophesied that this was coming and had suffered much at the hands of the rulers of Jerusalem for saying what God told him to say. Nobody likes having their sins pointed out especially in public. I love reading the prophets of the Old Testament. They were fearless. Although some of them were not that enthusiastic when they were first called to be God's prophets. Few people like prophets. They say hard things. Sometimes they're not very nice, not very sensitive. They can be sarcastic, mocking even. People can get their feelings hurt. In short, prophets are not the kind of guys you would invite to a cocktail party. As God often does, he used a commonplace illustration to get his point across here through the mouth of Jeremiah. He showed Jeremiah a vision. It was not a vision of clashing armies or angels riding white horses in the heavens and swinging flaming swords. His vision consisted of two baskets of figs. Now, I hope if I ever get a supernatural vision that it will be more exciting than this. Anyway, Jeremiah didn't seem to mind. God asks him, what do you see, Jeremiah? He answered, looks like two baskets of figs. One basket has very good and tasty looking figs in it. The other basket is filled with rotten, stinky figs that are completely inedible. So God tells him, here's what the vision means. The good figs are the exiles that are going away to live in Babylon, that pagan nation. 
The bad figs are those who will stay home in Jerusalem. It must be terrible to be exiled from your home, from the place where you were born, your parents were born, and so forth. There's a scene in Fiddler on the Roof. As I recall, it's been years since I watched it, by the way. A very panoramic shot that shows the Jewish exiles walking out of their Russian village, some leading wagons, people carrying as best they can all their worldly possessions. I find that scene so poignant. For the Jews in Jerusalem in the 6th century B.C., not only do they have to leave their homes, but the city of David, the place where God had chosen to dwell, the center of their faith. It must have been un speakably traumatic. But look what God says about those who get to stay home. I will make them an object of horror and a symbol of evil to every nation on earth. They will be disgraced and mocked, taunted and cursed wherever I scatter them. And I will send war, famine, and disease until they have vanished from the land of Israel, which I gave to them and their ancestors." Not a pleasing prospect for those who had rejected God and His law. But to those being exiled, driven from their homes, God says, I will watch over and care for them, and I will bring them back here again. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them hearts that recognize me as the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me wholeheartedly. God removed them from the scene of utter judgment until his wrath was spent. Their exile was an act of mercy. Remember that among the exiles of Judah were Ezekiel and Daniel, not to mention the famous three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were the guys who gloriously survived the fiery furnace of Nebuchadnezzar. Do you ever feel like you're in exile, spiritually speaking? I do. Sometimes I feel that I'm in a world that I no longer recognize, surrounded by people who have absolutely no understanding of those things that I hold dear and sacred. I wish things were different, that the people among whom I live were all believers in Christ, or at least showed some respect for the Christian faith. But it isn't so. We live in a day not unforeseen by God's holy word. Listen to Paul's warning to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. What should our posture be in days like these when we feel we are in spiritual exile? I think the best example we can look to is the Jewish exile Daniel. When we first meet him in chapter 1, he is being challenged to compromise his faith and the godly practices he had lived by since childhood. It would have been very easy for Daniel to go along to get along. 
If I went into detail about what he was asked or commanded actually to do, you might say, what's the problem? Just go along with those in authority. It's not that big of a deal. But Daniel knew that although he was far away from home, and chances are nobody will know what he did, and surely nobody will care, he purposed in his heart not to defile himself. He made a commitment before God that no matter what the consequences were, he would remain faithful to God's holy commandments. And God was with him. God gave him the spirit to navigate his situation without the tiniest compromise. And God gave him some of the most amazing visions and prophecies in all of the Bible. You and I today are called to follow the example of Daniel. In a time when many are compromising the teachings of the faith just to get along, we must stand true to God no matter what. Our exile will not be forever. Paul said in Philippians 3, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. When you feel burdened down in this place of spiritual exile, just remind yourself that one day Jesus is coming back. Those who are faithful to him will receive an eternal reward that will cause the memory of our exile to vanish away forever. Heavenly Father, we thank you that even as we feel that we are in exile, spiritually speaking, that Jesus is with us. You have never forsaken us. You will never leave us. Help my listeners today to know that whatever their circumstances, Jesus Christ is with them and that we have a blessed hope that one day Jesus is coming back to establish that eternal kingdom here on this earth. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for your continued prayers, my dear friends. Pray for us at the Bread of Life Anglican Church, where I'm trying to lead this congregation and to establish a work in this connected in New York area. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the American Legion Hall, which is 1809 Union Street, the corner of Cornelius in Schenectady, New York. If you don't have a church home, we'd love to meet you there, 10 o'clock on Sunday. As always, I may be reached by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.